Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars sports podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Monday, August 8th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs training camp rolls on, and there was a roster development this weekend. Cornerback DeAndre Baker was cut. The former first-round draft pick of the New York Giants played in 10 games over two seasons with the Chiefs. He started a couple of games and played in two playoff games last year. But the Chiefs went cornerback heavy in this year's draft, and Rashad Fenton is expected to return soon from injury. That made it tough for Baker. On today's show, beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell break down the move and share their observations from Sunday's workouts. That included a new starter at right tackle. The show got started as a Sports Beat Live. Let's get started. Sports Beat Live, sponsored by First Federal, coming to you from day 10 of Chiefs Training Camp, Jesse. Day 10, baby. Day 10. Live at Missouri Western State University, we are joined here by Jesse Newell. Obviously, Blair Kirkhoff is off today, and our columnists are off on assignment. So, Jesse, you and I get to carry the show today. I am Herbie Teope, obviously. Jesse, what's going on, my man? Not too much. Does everybody else realize that I'm talking with an Emmy winner? Can, can everybody right now or after the show Google Herbie Teope and Emmy just so, so, so they can read about it and know about it? I think we can carry this show. <laughs> That's a long time ago, but hey, <laughs> but you're right. Hey, you're right on that. Hey, let's start I'll off. I'll praise with you. You don't have to praise you. I will praise you. There you go. Hey, but does everybody know that Jesse Newell is a multiple APSE sports writing guru? And people know that. You can Google uh, that as well. All right, we can get to Chiefs talk now. Yeah, that, that's enough. Of that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff happened. Actually, some news. Some news broke before the Chiefs even took the field. They released. Veteran cornerback DeAndre Baker, and that made room for the wide receiver, a special teams guy, a guy who played in the USFL, uh, Devin Gray. Jesse, when you heard the news of DeAndre Baker, what, what did that? What does that mean, and what kind of message does that send for the young guys? Yeah, I think the first thing I thought is our discussion point today, DeAndre Baker is probably going to be on that list when we eventually get to the topic. But I wrote a couple of days ago, uh, Steve Spagnuolo was talking about the Chiefs rookies, especially the ones in the secondary, and he seems to have high praise for all of them. And we also know the Chiefs, based on the history, a lot of times they don't really just they don't really lie to us when they put guys first string unless they're just rotating. And we have seen either Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson, the two rookie cornerbacks with the first team with Rashad Fenton out for the, the entire length of training camp. So, uh, you know, if you look at their secondary and you look at what Steve Spagnuolo has talked about with Trent McDuffie, safety Brian Cook, and then Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams, those are a lot of guys they've been impressed with and that they've been high on, and that's been from the very start of camp. So the fact that DeAndre Baker was cut, maybe a little bit surprising earlier, this early in the training camp, but I think it does say something about these rookies that they brought in, that Fred Beach wanted to throw numbers at the position uh, from the secondary uh, late in the draft. He did that, and so far they seem to be pretty impressed with the haul they've gotten. Yeah, Jesse hits the nail on the head, because if you were to say – after the season ended, when you start projecting the 53, I think you had to put DeAndre Baker right around that fourth, fifth cornerback position. But the Chiefs, as Jesse pointed out, spent a lot of capital in the draft. They drafted three cornerbacks. Look, DeAndre Baker, when the, when the Chiefs signed him to the practice squad in 2020 and he had that phenomenal last game against the Chargers before he suffered a nasty leg injury, uh, he, he, re he really balled out. But I don't think we ever saw – 
a fully healthy DeAndre Baker. Because remember, this is a guy who was a first-round draft pick with the New York Giants. But, you know, Brett Veach and his staff, you got a lot of young talent here. And, and if you're going to make uh, – you know, there just wasn't space for him. Is that probably a good assessment, Jesse? Just, I mean, a numbers game. Yeah, well, and, and it's interesting if they brought in, like you said, a special teams guy, a receiver, because if we went into camp, we probably would have talked about, hey, receiver's the deepest spot, so maybe the last position that they would want to add depth to. But the fact that they've done that and sort of pulled from the cornerback market, I think, says volumes about what the rookies have done. And like I said, they just normally don't pull any punches out here. Uh, Joshua Williams has been with the first team with Rashad Fenton out almost every single day out here. So they seem to really like what they have with the fourth-round pick and the fact that Jalen Watson is either stepping in immediately with the second team reps or the first team reps that Joshua Williams doesn't get tells you they seem to like him as well. So the fact that you have those two guys along with Trent McDuffie, uh, they traded for Lonnie Johnson. Uh, they probably have more depth at that position or like their options better than maybe you wouldn't even would have thought uh, here a few months ago. Yeah. And I tend to agree as far as injuries are concerned, uh, Taylor Stallworth missed another day with, with a knee injury. Of course, Rashad Fenton and Lucas get, Niang. Get to the guy you want to talk about. Come on, Herbie. Get, get to the, <laughs> well, I know you're setting up. Go ahead. Set up your boy right here. Let's Remain go. Remain on the physically unable to perform list. That's not who we're talking about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jesse, Jody Fortson. <laughs> right in. There we go. Has now missed, I believe, six days of practice. He, got, he suffered his quad injury uh, last Saturday on June the 30th. Six days missed time. Should you be concerned? Not me. I'm not, <laughs> I, I think I need to ask you, are you concerned, Herbie, as, <laughs> as Jody Fortson's number one fan? Uh, you know, I, I think a little bit for sure. I, I think probably we always think of like the Wally Pip situation, whether it's, you know, reported accurately or not um, with, with the baseball situation. But the Chiefs are high on Noah Gray. And I know we talked to Brett Veach, and he really likes what Noah Gray did this offseason, how he's developed. And Noah Gray was one of the best players, I thought, today in today's practices. He's taken a lot of those targets. He's been able to step up into that number two tight end role without Jordy Fortson available. So uh, am I concerned? You know, I, I guess it depends on what your goal is. Uh, Jody Fortson has obviously battled injuries throughout his career. Uh, An ability to stay healthy is something that you need to have to need to rely upon. And I think in his absence, Noah Gray has done a nice job of sort of elevating himself up the depth chart as well. So do I think it's a long-term concern from what Andy Reid has told us the last two times we've asked him? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're holding him out, being precautionary, that sort of thing. But in terms of missed reps and potentially missed opportunity, then, yeah, maybe Jody Fortson might be a little bit concerned himself just because he was off to a great start at training camp, and now that momentum has been stalled a little bit. Yeah, and I also tend to – I'm starting to agree with Jesse on the, every point that he's making here. I don't know what's happening here, but, yeah, I, I agree there again. You know – Gray has stepped up, you know, and I think like there's discussion in the media tent, who was the star training camp so far? And I'm like, I've tossed out Noah Gray as his name as well, because he's looked that good. So it, the Chiefs have a nice problem to have. Remember last year, they kept four tight ends. So if you keep four again, you know, Fortune is in there. But if you keep three, now we've got an interesting battle, the rest of training camp and then these three preseason games. So hopefully Fortune is back at some point. Jesse, we've seen a lot of rotations while we've been out here, and I think today we saw one that kind of like caught our eye. You were on the other side of the of the football field, and you're texting me at the same time I'm noticing it, but the Chiefs ran out Jaron Christian at right tackle, and this is his first time he ran with the ones through 10 days of full team practices. What did you see out there? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because it just hasn't happened other than one other day where they sort of rotated guys around where – 
it was uh, Roderick Johnson at – he was playing left tackle when Orlando Brown was gone. He switched to right tackle one day, and they switched to right tackle left tackle. That was one day, and then they went back immediately the other day. So, I mean, some of this is rotation. So this seemed maybe like another rotation day. Uh, I believe Wiley got in there at guard just a little bit to sort of mix things up and see how it looked. I, the only thing I will say is that, uh, you know, the, the offensive line seemed solidified completely except for right tackle. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if there was a switch at all of anybody, the only one you would even entertain it right now would be that right tackle position. Andrew Wiley, I thought, has held up for them. He's kind of been, you know, he's, he's not the top of the top, but he's been good enough for them and especially was last season to sort of hold that spot down. But I do remember um, Albert Breer tweeted out here uh, about a week ago from the uh, Monday morning quarterback. One of his five notes was sort of like, hey, this right tackle position is still an area of concern. And, and we say area of concern. I mean, it's interesting because ESPN, I think, just ranked the offensive lines here in the last day or two, and they had the Chiefs' number one offensive line out of the entire NFL. So, again, when you've got Orlando Brown locking down left tackle, Joe Tooney locking down left guard, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith doing what they did in their rookie season, maybe right tackle isn't as big of a concern. But, again, the fact that Jaron Christian was in there at right tackle, uh, he got some of those first-team snaps. I think it's just something to keep an eye on. Again, I, I'm not saying it's open competition. I'm not saying the Chiefs are ready to make a move there. I'm just saying if we see that in multiple days, then obviously that's something to take note and to see if this is truly a competition there at right tackle. And, of course, we had to ask offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy about Jaron Christian r- running with the ones. And, Monty, go ahead and cue it up. This is what Bieniemy said. <laughs> Christian um, at right tackle uh, today. It's the first time we've seen him in the first team. Well, you got to understand, Coach Heck is going to always, first of all, Coach Heck does a great job of developing all our office, all of our offensive linemen. So this is a stage where you're always just trying to get a look at certain players to see what they can do and how do they handle when placed in that situation. So each and every day, I'm sure you guys will probably see something, you know, whether it's at the O-line, receiver, or running back position. We just want to see guys play. Do you think that Christian Fair in your look? I know you're watching everybody, but, but just to miss It'd be tough for me to answer because, obviously, there's a lot of things I was looking at, and uh, I still got to watch tape. <laughs> do, you make a, do you mark something on a calendar and say, like at this time, I'd like to see X, like especially when it comes to the right tackle position because there are a lot of bodies rotating there? Well, you, you always have goals. You always have expectations. Those can change on a day-to-day basis. We got a lot of guys that's in that room that's doing a hell of a job. And obviously we got some players who are coming back, you know, off of injury at some point in time. So right now, I'm not passing judgment on anyone. The thing that I'm looking at is when we're out there, are we all being accountable to one another? Are we executing with great attention to details? Are we having a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose in what we're doing? And that can be from the right tackle to the, to the X receiver, to the Z receiver, to the running back, to the quarterback, because we want to continue evaluating our players. He mentions continuing evaluating players, and the Chiefs will have, uh, I believe, seven more days of training camp, and there's three preseason games here to close out the month of August. He mentions players coming back from injury. They already got one of the tackles back, uh, Prince Tega Wanago, and then you also have Lucas Nyang who I think might start the year on the pup list, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Jesse nailed it earlier again when he talks about the four spots to the to the left of the right tackle. They're solidified. Uh, but I also, here I go again, agreeing with Jesse. It's I think it's Andrew Wiley's job to lose. You know, he started seven games at right tackle. Remember, he talked earlier this week and he said, uh, 
playing tackle, you know, it was implied to him during the offseason that that kind of like attracted him to want to come back. But, you know, you can use these time, this time here to identify the all-important swing tackle. And who do you think has a leg up in that battle, Jesse? Well, before today, you know, I'd say Roderick Johnson. He was the one that played left tackle for Orlando Brown. Again, we saw him in the rotation to right tackle on that day where they switched things up. So it seemed like they were higher on him. But again, this is I think this is just a an eyebrow raise moment. It's not a freak out. It's not bang the drums. It's not, you know, um, report that something crazy is going on. It's just that's interesting. Hmm, That's interesting, you know. And if it doesn't happen after today, then it just ends at a, that's an interesting thing. But it might also speak something else about Jaron Christian because we have not really seen much from him this camp. And when we thought that he might be in the rotation at left tackle when Orlando Brown was out, he was not. So uh, potentially this is kind of the first time where we've seen something from him or some indication from the Chiefs that they like what they've seen from him. So we'll see how this plays out and obviously preseason games to go and, and lots of evaluation left. But uh, I would say this is the first data point that I've seen so far in camp that the Chiefs might like him a little bit before, uh, and we'll see if that continues. Again, I would expect when we come out to camp tomorrow, Andrew Wiley will be first team right tackle. We have nothing to talk about, but at least at the moment, we will pay attention to what goes on that position and see if anything changes for the long term. We do have to talk about some things that seem to be changing on both sides of the roster. Jesse, when we win into camp, when, and I'm sure like a lot of fans as well, we had expectations on certain players. Here we are, 10 days of full team practices. When you add the three or four days of rookie mini camp, so we've been out here 14 days. Who, in your opinion, I want you to do this. Take two on offense or take one on offense and take one on defense, and I'll do the same thing. But So one on offense, one on defense. Uh I guess I can't take DeAndre Baker, right? Is that his? He's out. Uh, you know, don't don't count that. And I can't do Jody Fortson just out of respect to you, Herbie, um, because that would not. And be he's hurt. Nice. He's hurt. He's hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of a disappearing act, you know. If we want to be very technical about it, uh, I would say receiver Josh Gordon. Uh, I think that's been probably a frequent response from people. We just haven't seen much from him. And coming into this camp, I would have said he was probably on the inside looking out when it came to uh, one of the six receivers that Brad Beach wants to keep on this roster. And I would say firmly now he's on the outside looking in. So uh, I would say he's one of the guys that has, has not quite lived up to uh, the expectations there. Uh, and then I guess we'll just st start with not expectations so far. Uh, defensively, you know, I, the, the one I'll go with at this moment, I would say, we just haven't seen much from him is Lonnie Johnson. Um, I thought an OTAs looked pretty good. I, I, you know, the size is obviously something that Spagnola likes, but the fact that all these rookies are getting these first and second team reps before him, uh, you know, and I hear people say, well, the Chiefs gave up a draft pick for him and all this stuff. I mean, a conditional seventh round pick is a conditional seventh round pick. So, I mean, if, if the Chiefs have to move on, they can move on. It's, it's not the greatest loss in the world, but I would say he's probably on the fringe right now if you consider those rookies ahead of him. And right now I would consider the rookies like Josh Williams and Jalen Watson ahead of him, potentially Nazee Johnson as well. So uh, we'll see how that plays out over time. Still lots of time in camp to uh, make up that ground, but we just have not seen much of him with the ones. Like I said, I think he had a more impressive OTAs. When, you know, you mentioned Josh Gordon. You stole the one I was going to say. So now I got to mentally start thinking We're here. We're thinking okay. together, Herbie. <laughs> I got to come up with someone else here. But if you were like picking the, the, the top five, top six. Okay, here, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Make a prediction. Sure. How many wide receivers do you think the Chiefs keep? Six. Who are they? 
Well, I think the top four are obvious. Uh, Juju, MVS, McCole Hardman, Sky Moore. Uh, all right, now I would lean. And we saw Darius Fountain back out there today. They had a little bit of a hand injury scare, but I guess X Raiden was turned out just fine because he was out there today after missing part of practice yesterday. But I'd say Darius Fountain and I'd say Justin Watson. Justin Watson's getting first team reps out there with the receivers. Uh, you know, the the free agent signing from the Tampa Bay Bucks. So. He's been kind of a buzzy guy ever since the OTAs and mandatory mini camp, and that has only continued here uh, through the first part of training camp. And I just think Doris Fountain is another one where Dave Tobe lost a lot of special teams dudes. And when you lose a lot of dudes, sometimes it's good to kind of have that security blanket and a guy in there. And Fountain is, has mixed in with the ones at times as well. So I would say those six right now is not completely set in stone, but I would say those six right now would, I'd consider a surprise if it's not those six that break training camp here and go to the Chiefs when they go take on Arizona week one on September 11th. Are you ready for this? Because I agree with you again. <laughs> it's like I agree with Jesse again. It comes down to special teams, and you you nailed it. Dave Tobe even talked about that last week. You know, he knows he has to replace Byron Pringle. He has to replace Marcus Kemp. You know, he, and the two wide receivers that he specifically mentioned, Justin Watson, and Darius Fountain. So I don't know how you fit in uh, Josh Gordon here. The only way they do that is if they keep seven wide receivers. I just can't see that happening. Uh, for me, I was going to take Josh Gordon. I'm going to go with a wild card here. Uh, and I know he's starting to get, you know, he's starting to come on here over the last couple of days. And I'm talking about Ronald Jones because Pacheco has emerged. Jarek McKinnon is, is, a, is a solid, versatile type of, of running back. And then you also know what Clyde Edwards-Alaire can do. If you cut bait with a running back, number two makes sense to me. I don't know if you agree with that. I hope you disagree because, you know, we got to stop agreeing with each other here because this also comes down to a numbers game. If the Chiefs keep six wide receivers, how do they keep four running backs? If they keep four tight ends, how do they keep four running backs? Remember, he's only on a, on a one-year deal. I think it's like a $1.6, $1.7 million contract, which is just a little bit above the veteran minimum. So if, if – you're looking at the running back position. You know they love Pacheco. I, I think it's Ronald Jones. Uh, but I am going to go ahead and agree with you on Lonnie Johnson. You know, with it numbers game, and you have so much young talent there that, you know, he's a guy that's running with the twos and even threes. Uh, he's got to start coming on. Go ahead. Well, disagree well, with me on well, running back. I, I know we need to break here soon, too. But uh, I will continue to remain on the Ronald Jones bandwagon. Uh, and here's the reason why. I think – when you look at this big picture, or as KU football coach Lance Leipold would say, holistically, I think Ronald Jones can help you in a very certain way. And that is downhill running, one cut and go, getting behind your pads and moving forward. Uh, and there were too many times last year, I wrote about this, you guys can check it out if you type, just Google Ronald Jones, Jesse Newell, this is why the bandwagon's there. But there were too many times last year the Chiefs, we just talked about their great offensive line. They would block, and they would open up a hole for four or five yards, and the Chiefs would get four yards. That's not good enough. You know what I mean? Like, teams are daring the Chiefs to run, and when they would run, they still didn't have successful runs, even though they were blocking the plays well. That's where Ronald Jones can succeed. Is he a great pass blocker? No. Uh, in pass protection? No. Is he great in catching the football? Absolutely not. Um, has he had fumble problems? He has before, but again, that can be a little bit fluky, I think, from season to season. The Chiefs need him specifically if they decide to go under center, to want to play play action, and to want to run and have some power run game with some of these physical guys they have on the offensive line. I mean, let's be honest, Herbie. Like, some of this spread-type stuff goes a little bit against what the Chiefs' offensive linemen do really well. I mean, Creed Humphrey's a mauler 
Orlando Brown Jr. is a physical player. Uh, you know, uh, Trey Smith, same sort of thing. Joe Tooney, I mean, that was his reputation. So if the Chiefs want to get a little bit more versatile offensively, go under center, have two, two different ways you can run the football, and have a running back who is going to punish a guy in the hole when he gets one-on-one with the safety, I think that's Ronald Jones. So we haven't seen as much, I think, early on, because when you do seven-on-sevens, it's not Ronald Jones' game. He's not going to be catching them all in the backfield. But when you get full contact, preseason, run behind your pads, that's really, I think, where Ronald Jones can potentially shine. So we'll see. There's more time for him to make up. But I agree with you. The rest of the pack has definitely uh, impressed during this training camp. And I know Brett Veach has talked about it to us. He said this is one of the battles that he definitely wants to watch and is most interested in uh, throughout training camp. One of the top battles for sure. And on, with that, we are going to hear from our sponsor, First Federal. Uh, take us to break, Bonnie. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at ffbkc.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at ffbkc.com slash homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Herbie, get off mute, my man. Those, and, and of course, hey, I was muted. The handout Emmys <laughs> to anybody these days. Jeez, it's crazy. Welcome well, back I'm, to I'm gonna call Beat Live. A recall of the Emmy. No more, Herbie. Uh-uh. <laughs> You can't get off hey, you, you can't have an Emmy. to our sponsors, First Federal Bank. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jesse's going to give me crap for this one. But anyway, hey, it was hot. Another hot one. It is hot, Herbie. It is 98, hot right 99 degrees. Hot. I'm in the AC again, and, of course, hot. the rookie is outside. I, one of these days, I'm going to pull him inside. You know, I'm, I'm trying to teach him, but he's going to get there. Jesse, what was your top observation from camp today? Actually, pick two. What was your top two observations from camp? Um, well, I mean, I, I think we mentioned one of them. I think Noah Gray was a, a bigger target for Patrick Mahomes today, and he seems to have found some comfort with additional reps. He is working the middle of the field pretty well, and like I said, the Chiefs are high on him. Uh, it's it, Coming into the year, I think you could have talked yourself if you didn't really have inside knowledge uh, from talking to people that he could potentially be a cut candidate. I mean, I know the Chiefs drafted him, but he didn't really show too much last year. And I, I again, from from talking to people around here and from seeing what he's done, I just don't think that's a possibility at all. Uh, so he's impressed the last few days. I, I will say this, um, and and that's a I, unintentional shout out to uh, to Eric Bieniemy there uh, on that one. But I think. I don't know how to say this the right way, Herbie. I know it's just practice. I know it's early. I know it's before the first preseason game. The offense has not looked good in some of these 11-on-11s. And when you're facing yourself, that can be a good thing. You know, like I said, I mean, it can be good that Nick Bolton and Willie Gay seem to be emerging, that the defensive line's getting after the quarterback, that these cornerbacks 
are holding up when they're going against these veteran receivers. But in general, like, I mean, I actually went out, to, uh, you know, on the hill uh, out amongst the crowd and was talking to a couple of Chiefs fans, and they started 11-11s, and I actually uh, turned to them before I started. I said, the offense hasn't looked that great in these settings recently. And, and they, you know, they kind of looked at me like, are you, you crazy? You know, like, uh, are you kidding me? It's, it's the Chiefs offense. It's Patrick Mahomes. And then about five minutes later, they're like, this offense hasn't looked good in this setting, which seems to still have advantages toward the offense if you're talking about no contact and guys can't get rung up if they go over the middle, that sort of stuff. So I would say that's my second one. I think the connection between Mahomes and Kelsey is fine. I think the connection between Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster has been good. I think the connection between Sky Moore is developing, and they're still trying to get on the same page. But just overall, it's it's been a little out of sync, and you saw that with three straight false start penalties. Uh, during team drills there, and uh, Andy Reid basically yanked his team off the field and said, that's enough. I don't I want to see any more. And so uh, that lets you know how uncrisp the offense was. Again, it, it's it's almost exactly like the Jaron Christian situation where it's like the eyebrow is raised. You know what I mean? Like I'm not to the concern level of writing huge stories about how the offense is not going to be good or not top 10, but it's sort of like it, it's starting to get to the point where it's like I need to see a practice where the offense looks really good to maybe take a step back from thinking that this is going to be great come week one, because right now it's just looked a little bit sluggish, especially with all these new guys they have in. When you think about, you, you mentioned the three uh, false starts today. And last week, Eric Bieniemy said the offense looked average. Today, you know, he mentions they just didn't execute. You know, when you mentioned those three false starts, but I, I agree, God, I agree with him again. There have been way too many drop balls or balls on the ground that we're, we're used to seeing when, when we watch a Chiefs uh, practice. Maybe that has a lot to do with, hey, there's so many new moving pieces in here, but, I, I, you know, they haven't looked that sharp. And, but, you know, you, that, that's what training camp is for, and that's what preseason games are for. You work out the kinks before the start of the regular season. I think, like, for me, my, I loved – I don't know if you saw it. I loved the Pacheco stiff arm on Willie Gay. Oh, my goodness. Uh, catch a pass out of the backfield, taking off down the right sideline. And if, you know, if it were a live game, that would have made a lot of highlights because that was just a nice, nice stiff arm. And the other thing that I noticed when Joshua Williams, it seemed like he almost clotheslined Juju Smith-Schuster at the start of 11-11 drills. And of course you hear this loud gasp from the crowd, but that's not something that you want to see out here. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was on the ground, but he was able to get up and he, he finished practice. But, you don't want to see that kind of stuff out at practice, uh, Jesse. No, you don't. Uh, I would watch the replay a couple of times. It just looked like he was just kind of trying to tag him a little bit, and his hand just kind of got caught up. And you could see Josh Williams was, I mean, mortified might be the word. I mean, he immediately reacted and knew that he had um, made a mistake on that particular play. But the Chiefs have avoided fights so far. You know, we have not seen fights like other training camps. So uh, that's a positive uh, for them at this point. But you know, more than the drops, and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has probably suffered more drops. Actually, he's he bounced back. He's had a better day today, including one jump ball catch on the sideline. I actually wrote a little bit about that for a piece that you guys can check out at KansasCity.com tomorrow uh, in the Star. But uh, I think the more concerning thing for me is just Mahomes, like, going through his reads and not finding open players. Uh, yeah, that that's – especially when you're going 11-on-11 11 11 with no contact, it's like – why are there not guys open, <laughs> you know? And, and that's, that's a little bit scary. It's a little bit concerning at this point. Like I said, it's, it's right now it's at the level of, Hey, they're working on stuff. But the thing about this particular aspect to Herbie is I don't think any of us would be surprised if the chief's offense was better late 
and as early. Because one of our main topics we've talked about, we spoke with Patrick Mahomes about this too uh, last week, was how long does it take for you to get in sync with receivers? Because if we can say anything about him and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, it's that those guys understood how each other thought. And so, uh, you know, whether it needs to be breaking off a route because of certain leverage or they call it the blurry lines of the playbook. Like the lines are not straight lines. They're like, hey, you do this if this happens. If not, I will see that this happened and you do this. Kind of like that play, that do it Kels play against the Bills late in the 13 seconds. You know, they are so good at sort of audibling on the fly and knowing what each other's thinking. It's very hard as a defense to defend that. And so it's going to take time with Sky Moore. It's going to take time with MVS. It's going to take time well, you know, with some of these new players that they're trying to mix in here. But how long will that take? Will that take until week one of the regular season? Will it take till week seven? Will it take until week 15? Uh, that's sort of the big question. I think one of the big questions of the season is how quickly can those guys all come to the same page? Because when that happens, we've seen what Patrick Mahomes does when he is in sync with his receivers. Uh, the offense looks really, really good. And I think if anything, you know, to that point there, it's, it's a good thing when you think about the workouts that Mahomes had with his new receivers. He didn't do it just once this offseason. He did it twice. So that, that, actually, that should have helped him out as well. I think, you know, hey, let's end that on that note. And, you know, here we go, Jesse Newell and me. But we will continue this again tomorrow, Monday, once again, live from Missouri Western State University. And big thanks to our viewers. Big thanks to First Federal Bank for sponsoring our show with Jesse and Herbie from the Kansas City Star. See you tomorrow. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Money Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A salute to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition is the nation's best sports section. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com to see what I'm talking about. And hey, a program reminder, our Chiefs training camp live stream comes at you every day of the Chiefs practice. We start at 2.30 p.m. So, hey, thanks for listening, and we'll do it again soon.